Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering how the fuck that happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gita Biggs. And tonight, we're going to talk deep, y'all. We're going to talk about what to do when you're blue. So we've all been there. And contrary to what sitcoms would make you think, life is not a series of one-off adventures with mild drama and 22 minutes until a nice, tidy little resolution with a bow tie on it. Um, sometimes shit gets real. And, and we wouldn't be the lovable preachy bitches we are if we didn't offer some advice on how to deal with that real ass shit. Also true. Exactly. So, but first, as always, before we begin getting down to the nitty gritty of it. Just read the words. <laughs> I can't though, because I typoed the shit out of all of them. Okay. Anyway, but as first, as always, before we begin getting down to the real shit, um, Jillian, can you talk about the drink of which I am particularly proud this round? Thank you very much. Yeah, no self-interest there. Gina <laughs> made this one up herself and we've had a couple drinks that I made up, so it was only fair that we did this. And of course, it's going to be a gin drink. Um, <laughs> It's not actually as much esoteric bullshit as you'd expect, although it's a little esoteric. She calls it the Dilly Dilly, which is awesome. Do you want to explain that or shall I? I I will explain it very quickly and then you may um, correct everything I say because it'll be wrong. Um, uh, I mean that with all sincerity. But yes, I'll explain that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone knows... I just I totally the, flipped her off just then. Okay. Double bird, too. It wasn't just yeah. a single. It was both hands because she doesn't half-ass it. She full-asses it. Not after this week. <laughs> Good Lord. Plays well into the topic. Anyway, but yes, the reason I call it the Dilly Dilly is because it has lavender syrup in it. And it also, in my recipe at least, because I have the proximity advantage, I use Blue gin by Civil Alchemy. So lavender, blue, dilly dilly. And you'll see in the photographs that we posted on our Instagram and on our website, I also used the Empress 1998 gin. 1898 gin, sorry. Empress 1898 gin. And you'll see in the pictures on our Instagram that I also use the Empress 1898 gin, which is a beautiful sapphire blue color. But when we added the lemon juice to it, which this is lemon juice and lavender syrup and gin, and that's pretty much it, um, that turns this beautiful purple color. So it's still blue dilly dilly. And it goes after the song or the nursery rhyme or, you know, lavender blue dilly dilly, lavender green. Lavender blue dilly dilly, lavender green. I'll be your king dilly dilly, you be my queen. Yep, I'll Who shut up now. Who told you so, dilly dilly? Who told you so? I told myself, dilly dilly. I told my soul. Awesome. Ah. Okay, um, yes. Anyway. So I'm proud. So she's proud of it. She's been drinking it for a long time. She's been like raving about, I'm at this amazing cocktail. It's so good. I'm like, okay, I bet it's not, but okay. Um, so... I tried it with the Empress 1898 and it tasted like um, soap because <laughs> it was gin. So then I took pictures of it and it looked beautiful. And then I remade it with the McQueen and the Violet Fog gin, which is not blue. But when I made it with the next gin, it doesn't taste as bad. I admit it's better because that gin is the shit. It's amazing. You're a liquor. And if I got to drink gin, it's just, it's going to be this. So from now on, readers, listeners, 
everybody listen, this is what we're going to do. I'm always going to drink McQueen and the Violet Fog gin without question. I may take pictures of other gin. It's not going to be what I drink because every other gin tastes gross. She just says that because she's never actually tried blue from Civil Alchemy. It's not as good as this. Oh, I guarantee you because I've had both. You're good. You also are the one that said Monkey's 47 Schwarzwald Dry Gin was delicious. And I think we've got that on tape. So, anyway. Oh, that was only one hand you flipped me off with. Because I was very apathetic about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've had that kind of week that I feel apathetic. Yeah. Apathetic. And apathetic for Jill, by the way, is her version of depression because she never goes in well she rarely goes into full-on depression she just goes meh fuck all this shit i think that's kind of true like and possibly that's different because i'm actually on an antidepressant however the one that i'm on is not to treat depression it's actually to treat my hot flashes that i had (laughs) after i had my hysterectomy and after i had my bariatric surgery i couldn't take the premarin anymore which was helping my hot flashes. So they put me on this antidepressant that they're like, this will help your hot flashes. And I'm like, sweet, I'll take it. And it just happens to help regulate my mood as well. Completely aside, you said you used to be on Premarin. Mm-hmm. So I had a doctor for a while who told me how they actually name a lot of the medications we end up taking. And I remember he told me with great delight he goes, do you know how Primarin got its name? And I was all, no, Dr. Hoosie Pants. Please tell me, Dr. Hoosie Pants, how did Primarin get his name? And he goes, notice how the middle of that spells mayor? Yeah. He goes, it's horse estrogen. Okay, that's cool. I was all, really? He goes, yeah, that's how they find fun names for shit like horse estrogen. I'm like, oh, Okay, well, that's going to make me investigate every single fucking medication I take with a little more. And if I ever come up with anything that's like chimera estrogen, I'm going to really question it. Well, I have a really good secret for you. Mm-hmm. T's uncle, actually, that was his job. He named medications. That was his <laughs> job. I totally want that job because I could name this shit out of some medications and it would be much better than Tildenafil or some bullshit. Like all these things are on TV. It's like, this one's called Zyprexa, but it's really Scoopiscafibula. <laughs> and you know, I would say, oh, I don't think I'd ever get depressed if I got to name medications, but I know I would because it's a chemical imbalance. It is. And you just really need to make sure you up your dosage. Apparently. Gina's been kind of struggling the last couple weeks. Yeah. This is one of the reasons we decided that this would be an important topic. Yeah. And what's funny is I have had other points in my life where I've had a lot more reason to struggle, but it really is truly a chemical imbalance. And the way I've noticed that chemical imbalance manifesting in myself, and this is not true for everyone, but for me, and I'm sure some other people like me, when you have a lot going on that you can focus that stress and depression on, you know, you stay busy, so you don't feel it as much. The minute things calm down, it can all fall apart. Now, there have, I've had a lot of ebbs and flows over the last few weeks, so I've been all over the place. 
have been like, oh, crap, everything suck and I'm going to die. And it all is horrible. And that's usually when I don't have anything to distract me from it. The minute. Yeah, the minute. Well, okay. Example. Remember when I was married um, to DB? Yeah. How often was I actually physically depressed during that period? Seemed to me like it was a lot. Yeah, but at the same time, okay, well, maybe that was a bad example because I would cry when I, <laughs> I would cry when I'd show up to work, and then I'd cry when I'd show up in my own driveway. Yeah, um, that's depressed to me. Like I don't know, I'm not a clinical psychologist, but to me, <laughs> the whole crying jags thing. Mm. I mean, and I know that depression isn't always crying. And I guess that's part of the other thing. I, I've still managed to keep myself distracted enough during that whole. Uh, and there was a guy at the work whose name was also DB. Um, so I literally would pull into work. No, I had to hate him. Oh, my gosh. I would have to de- deal with DB two eight hours a day. <laughs> and I would I would pull into the parking lot at work and I would sit in my car and cry for a good five minutes before I went in. And then I'd have to go home to DB1, and I'd pull into my driveway and cry for five minutes before I went in. But crying releases endorphins, and, you know, there's that, that, uh, what's Hootie's name from Hootie and the Blowfish? Darius Rucker. Yes. Darius Rucker sang this song, and it was like, it's all right to cry, crying gets the sad out of you, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And that's true, it does. But depression isn't always just about being sad. Exactly. Because what was really weird is after I left DB1 and DB2 got fired. um, Yay! Yay! And there was much rejoicing. Hooray! Um, After all that, I cried more than I did during that. And I remember when you first introduced me to John the Brit. I kind of freaked him out a little bit. Because um, he would sit there the crying all the time. Because of the crying all the time. He <laughs> at, at that point, you know, we saw each other like once every three or four months. You know, once per quarter, I'd get mm-hmm. laid, and it, life would be better. Um, I had that for a while with T, so I totally got it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we would. Uh, he would sit there and call me every night, though, and um, he'd be like, "How are you tonight?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing great. I just had my cry. Um, I cried almost every day." after the divorce and it freaked the crap out of John the Brit, but I felt so much better because I was getting, I was getting stuff out. Do you remember how you started this little part of this conversation that we were having just now about saying, remember I wasn't all that depressed back then? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was post-divorce though. And uh, yeah, I, I vaguely remember how we started this conversation, but I I'm on my third drink already. Oh yeah. Well, since it's a gin drink, I'll probably only just have the one. <laughs> but I did have another drink at, at dinner, so I would have your I would have your next one. You can have it. Okay. Ship it to me. Deal. Okay. How about I just put it in the freezer and I'll save it for you when you get here? Okay. Yes. That works. Anyway. Um I don't remember. Oh my gosh. I really should have paced myself because I don't remember where I was going, but it is a chemical imbalance because in all seriousness, there are times when, I mean, I've been through some rough shit and for whatever reason, I've been able to steal up and deal with the crap. 
But when I have nothing else to concentrate on, or or just when it seems like I shouldn't have any reason to really be depressed because life is pretty damn good, I get depressed anyway. And it's because it's a chemical imbalance. You it can't is. control it. Well, and there's such a stigma attached to that. But if you think about it as truly a medical issue, it is a chemical imbalance, just like other problems like diabetes. If you had diabetes, you would take insulin or you would take whatever medications were required to help manage that that medical problem. And depression is a medical problem. It is not a mental problem, but there's this stigma attached to it because people assume that it is a mental problem. So we've talked about Millie having Tourette's and one of the components of Tourette's is OCD. One of the components of Tourette's is ADHD. Um, for Millie, she also has a component where she has anxiety, extreme anxiety. But recently she has also had these sort of bouts of, I'll call them mini bouts of depression where she is just fine. And then all of a sudden she gets really, really sad and she feels depressed for like 30 minutes to an hour. And then she kind of pulls herself out of it and she's okay. But I'm going to talk with the doctor tomorrow um, and see if we can't change her anti-anxiety medication to something that treats anxiety and depression, because I think that will help kind of mood stabilize her. She's also 13, so she's got hormones in flux and all of those things starting to enter into the picture. Um, the other thing that has started happening to her is she's actually having seizures. Oh, and man. I found out this week that, and, and we didn't know if they were seizures for a while because they just were like this weird little eye tick going back and forth. And <laughs> then this is probably a huge overshare. Her womanhood began Aww. and that stopped. It was fine for like a week and a half stopped hmm. during the time and for a few days after and then it started back up and then the eye thing started and she would actually kind of fall down when it happened and wow. the eyes would go and now she's got this little jaw thing going at the same time so we're actually going to go in and get an EEG to see if she's actually having seizures or if they really are just indeed ticks because at first we just thought the eye thing was a tick um, a Tourette's tick so we'll see you know, if it turns out so, that I mean, uh, even if it doesn't turn out so, though, it still leads to kind of the brain chemistry. Yeah. And there's no reason to feel the stigma about it. Right. right. Either way, it's important to see somebody when you have something like that going on. It's important to talk to your doctor because getting that diagnosis, whether it turns out that this is just another component of her Tourette's or as I did some research on this because I am the research queen, I researched the shit out of everything. What are the um, reasons we get along so damn well? Obviously. Mm -hmm. um, I did find out that kids who have Tourette's do have a higher instance of having um, epilepsy. But their epilepsy is usually a mild form that will go away with time just like the Tourette's does. So hopefully, if she has epilepsy, we can diagnose it, we can treat it with medication or whatever we need to do. And it will help stop the seizures. She's starting to be able to recognize when she's about to have one. So instead of being walking on concrete and falling down and whacking her head, oh. she can move over to the grass so she can fall down on something soft and not whack her head. So good. When? <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know but what? Tomorrow will be a big day. Um, we have to keep her up for, for all night long tonight. 
So Rexy is over. Um, she's acting as the honorary aunt that she is, and mm-hmm. she's going to help keep Millie awake for the night. So tomorrow when I have to take her to the doctor, I can do that and drive safely without having been awake all night. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Yeah, Rexy is a godsend. Give her a big hug for me and tell her that one of the 80s movies they have to watch is Lost Boys. Forgot to mention that earlier okay. this week. I will mention that to her. I'll suggest that. They're planning to watch um, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, and Sixteen Candles. Nice. And I think Millie's choice is Secret Life of Pets 2. Fair. That, well, let Millie know that um, one night Nina and I had an 80s fest night and one of the movies we watched was Lost Boys. And Nina's response was that is the most 80s fucking thing I've seen in my entire life. Um, Millie would love that because she thinks the 80s is the most baller thing she's ever seen. God bless her. It must be the seizures. I think so. <laughs> but I will say that when we were talking about something that happened in the 70s, she's like, wait, 70s? I didn't even know that was a thing. So, I don't know. Brain chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all brain chemistry. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway. it's just, um, it's been, it's been quite a ride with her and she has such a great attitude and it's very, very rare that she gets down about whatever is going on with her. But these little bouts of mini depression that she's had last I'd say several weeks. I think they're all related to hormonal kind of things happening, but I definitely want to see if we can't help with that. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and Millie is a little freaking superhero. Um, honestly, she and Nina both are. They're superheroes in their own right. Totally agree. Totally agree. And it's great that they're such good friends. It is. It, it makes my heart sing when it's not crying. <laughs> it's singing. So. <laughs> Um, so, you know, to kind of give texture and context, which is the original word I was looking for, but I, you know, hooked in on the text because I've that had a lot cute. of gin. Yeah, Thank cute. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But to give some context around things that can get you down, um, do you want to talk about the 24 hour period you had earlier this week? Cause that was kind of phenomenal. Yeah, sure. It was a great, it's been a great This week has been insane. So last week, my mother had a pacemaker put in and everything went very smoothly with that. My mother is 83, 82, something like that. She's old, super old. Um, I think your mom is super old, yet my mom's the same age. And I'm like, oh, she's still spry, even though she's (laughs) totally not spry. My mom's not even a little spry. So she had the pacemaker put in, stayed overnight at the hospital, did well. Went home. She went to stay with her friend for a cup for overnight, at least one night, um, just to make sure everything was okay because she does live alone. And stayed with her friend and uh, decided to stay one more night because she still wasn't feeling totally up to snuff. Had that done Thursday. Stayed overnight Friday. Stayed at her friend's house Saturday. Decided to stay Saturday night as well. Um, Sunday morning, she woke up, she was having kind of a trouble walking. She was nauseous. She was feeling really bad. We got a note from them and they were like, well, we think she wants to go home and she wants to make some phone calls. I'm like, um, no, how about no, <laughs> how about let's use our common sense. So I called her and said, all right, here's what you need to do. 
you need to go ahead and go home. You can make your phone calls to your doctors or whatever you want, but I pretty much think you need to go to the ER and have them see you, make sure everything's okay. And remember, they, she's the always and always never right. So yeah. this is well, good, solid advice. Good, solid advice. They did end up doing that. And guess what? They admitted her to the hospital because she had some sort of weird intestinal slash bowel blockage, whateverness. So again, you were right. Again, totally right. <laughs> so she gets admitted to the hospital. She's in the hospital for a couple days. Things seem to be going okay. They had a... <laughs> She's not allowed to eat anything by mouth because she's not passing anything, so they don't want to add food, right? That makes complete sense. She has this weird tube up her nose. It's pulling, I don't know, something out of her stomach. Disgusting. Whatever. It's super disgusting. Um, But regardless, she's got a tube up her nose, so she's not getting, like, food by mouth. She's getting it all through the IV and nutrition there, and she's getting her pills that way and, you know, whatever. She calls me, was it yesterday? I guess yesterday. I think it was yesterday because I think it was last night when you were like, holy fuck, let me tell you about my day. Yeah, I think it was. So it was yesterday. We'll just say for the sake of argument, it was yesterday. So yesterday um, she calls me in the morning. But before she called me, <laughs> um. Oh, Billy has to stay home now because she is having these seizures. So she's not allowed to go to school. She's also not allowed to go to school because one of her tics is a, a particularly bad offensive tick. So she only goes to school sometimes when she's not having that tick and only part of the day. Um, so she's mostly home during the day. Uh, but with the seizures, especially, she's not allowed to go to school until we get this EEG done and figure out what's going on. Because, you know, liability... So Millie's home. Stupid attorneys. Right. (laughs) Attorneys suck. (laughs) Millie's home. She's sleeping. Um, T and I get up. We do our morning routine. It's a normal morning. He gets up, goes to work. He works in the other room. And all of a sudden I hear him start to throw up. And he throws up loud. He's the most loud thrower upper I've ever heard. He's like. (laughs) So Adam here in a certain rivals john the brit snores um no it's way louder than john the brit snores holy shit that's it's not possible. so loud it's so loud it's like it's space like, shuttle exhaustion loud yeah it's space shuttle loud so all of a sudden he's in the other room and he's throwing up and i run in there to see what's going on i'm like are you okay are you okay well our stupid dickhead cat had gotten out the front door and he ran out to get her and he got like really upset because she got out again and he's like mad about that and it's like blood pressure went up and so he gets the cat back in and then like his vitamin had gone down not very well and it like upset his stomach and like with all the upset from the cat like and like then he threw up and he's like <laughs> like doing this like super loud throwing up which then wakes up Millie. Point of fact real quick. Your cat also has a chemical imbalance and is on antidepressants. She totally is. She's literally on, what is it, Ritalin? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, like Xanax or something. Yeah, Xanax. Prozac. Xanax. Yeah, Prozac. Yeah. Kitty Prozac. Kitty Prozac. Literally, yep. Kitty Prozac. It's, it is. It's like this gel you put in their ear. It's disgusting. So even cats can... Our cat is an asshole. So even cats can have chemical imbalances. They Just can. putting that out there. Anyway, yep. continue your um, story. So... 
T's in the kitchen throwing up, and I'm trying to like, are you okay? What's going on? Are you okay? He's like, I don't know. It's so sad. And I'm like wiping him down. So I get him all dealt with. I go in to check on Millie because she was asleep and she's like sitting up in her bed. And I said, are you okay? Are you, everything's fine. Don't worry. Go back to sleep. And she goes to lay down and she has a seizure. So I'm like dealing with the seizure, patting her leg, you know, patting her arm. Everything's okay. You're fine. Go back to sleep. Okay. The seizure ends. She goes back to sleep. We're all good. I go back in my room and all of a sudden I'm like sitting down to drink my coffee, watch the Today Show. I get a phone call. It's the FaceTime thing from my mom. And it's like all blurry and like shooting around. And like she hangs up. She's like, she's like, Jillian, Jillian, Jillian. She hangs up. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I called her back and she's like, okay, Jillian, I have to get out of here right now. I have to get out of here. Now, keep in mind, my mother lives in the Midwest. I live in Texas. I'm like, I can't, you can't, what are you talking about, mom? What are you doing? She's like, I can't be here anymore. They're not feeding me. I'm not getting my medication. I have got to get out of here right now. I'm like, no, where are you going to go? You can't get out of there. You can't do anything. You can't walk. You can't get out of there. You can't do anything for yourself. You have to stay there until this thing is clear. You have to do all these things. So I'm trying to talk her down off the ledge. And she's like freaking the fuck out. And she's like, you need to get these people to take care of me. They're not doing anything. So I'm like, okay, let me see what I can do. Okay. Just lay there, calm down. You can't go anywhere else. You have to stay where you are, but let me see if I can get it fixed. So I tried to call my mom's friend who she had stayed with, couldn't get a hold of her. I called um, our friend who used to clean our house and she's always said that she's very close to my mom now and called her and she said, I have to work today, but I will go and stop by there first. I'm like, all right, sweet, whatever, man. (laughs) (laughs) So she stops by and sees my mom and sends me a list of basically a list of demands like, well, they have (laughs) bathe me and they haven't brushed my teeth and I haven't had any food. I'm like, we can't have food. This is a thing. (laughs) And she like has all these things. So I called the nurse's station and I'm like, these are the things that have to happen. And also you need to know my mom's like two steps away from like ripping the shit out of her nose, ripping the shit out of her arms and like walking out of there, except she's not going to be able to walk because she can't walk right now. And then I had to go to work. So, <laughs> so that's like before 8.30 a.m. That was all before 8.30. So I get to work and, you know, do all the work stuff. And, you know, work blew up as normal. Just normal work blowing up stuff. And dealt with my mom's stuff over the course of the day. I finally got a hold of my sister. Was in the process of she had to go get a scan on her liver and some other stuff. And, you know, she's got health problems and her husband has cancer and (laughs) all of these things. So my sister was finally able to go up. She dealt with a lot of it. Thank God for my sister. Mm. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's wonderful. Petulant supermodel and all. (laughs) So she goes up there and deals with some of it. She told me about it. But in the meantime, my mom called me. I called my mom again and I said, okay, I got all of these things dealt with. I know our friend Mary came up to see you. Is that all dealt with? Are you going to be good with that? Here's what's going on. And she's like, okay, everything's going to be fine. And I kind of talked her down off the ledge again. And so she's calming down and 
She's going to get the things she wants, like a new bed, and she's going to get a bath and brush her teeth. And like, I don't know why she's not brushing her teeth, but, like, you can brush your teeth anytime you want. Mm. So she's just pissed about everything in the world. She's kind of a, I mean, she's kind of a bitch sometimes anyway. Yeah. But, she, you know. So later, in that same conversation, she says to me, oh, I've been meaning to tell you. You remember that bartender friend of yours that lived here? And I'm like, no, you're going to have to give me more to go on than that. <laughs> so she's like, well, your bartender friend came in to visit me yesterday because he was working at this party that was outside my room. All uh, right. Uh, Wait, what? What? <laughs> you're in the hospital. I'm pretty sure there was not a party outside your room. <laughs> so she starts telling me that. There was a party outside her room and there were all these dignitaries from around town there and they were celebrating the opening of this, I don't know, something at the hospital. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Chemical imbalance in the brain. Mm -hmm. And she started talking about how my bartender friend asked her how she was doing because, of course, I had asked him to go do that. And, of course. you know, it's so. thoughtful. Then when my sister got up there, I said, I sent my sister a note. And I'm like, I think mom's hallucinating. You need to ask her about my bartender friend. <laughs> so when she got up there, my sister, she started talking to mom and mom was telling her about this banquet that was outside her room last night. It was a banquet now and it was firefighters and it was for fire safety awareness week. And there was firefighters and kids and dignitaries and all these people. And, and she didn't mention the bartender. But then she talked about how there were all these shapes kind of floating around her room last night. And we're like, oh, okay. So I called the nurse's station later on and said, so just so you know, it seems like my mom might be hallucinating. And I told him about the party and mm. the bartender and the dignitaries and the firefighters. And the nurse goes, wow, it sounds like the night shift is a lot better than it used to be. <laughs> For you, nurse. Oh, sense of humor helps, right? Mm. So, when you have a well, that's probably more strictly a 12 hour period than a 24 hour period, but when you have a moment of time like that, yeah. how the hell do you deal with that? I just drank a lot and smoked a couple cigarettes and went to bed. <laughs> I want to point out one other thing that you did which I think is very important. You reached out to someone you could trust. Yes, I did. Yeah. I didn't actually drink. Well, I, okay, I did drink. But um, it was more of a sort of a an afterthought. Like I made it through my day and everything was resolved and I was able to kind of pass along, okay, Things have been dealt with and now I can relax. And so I had a couple drinks to relax and I called you and I just said, I need to let this out. I need to talk about what happened. And I just let it go. Yep. And I was fairly gobsmacked. Um, <laughs> Sorry if I added to your stress. No, you didn't. I was sitting there going, wow, why am I feeling so cracked? <laughs> stay. Um, which... Reminds me of another thing. Never compare your stress to someone else's Absolutely stress. Absolutely not. Because that's not fair. But I, I was glad you reached out to someone you could talk to. And that was huge. And I know you also talked to Rexy. 
um, and getting help for some other things. I mean, you have a good support network and that's kind of vital in the whole dealing with all this crap stuff, I think. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I think that whoever you can talk to, whoever you feel like you can just let it out with is important. Um, Rexy and I used to have, when Rexy was living, um, down in Austin before she moved here and I was living up in the Midwest, especially we would have daily what we called yelling time Hmm. and we would kind of reach out to each other daily and say, do you have time to yell? We'd come on camera and we would just vent about our day. Like, this is what's going on. This is the stupid shit that happened. Hmm. And it could be personal stuff. It could be like, Millie did this. She would talk about her husband, ex-husband. Rexy, not Millie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not Millie. (laughs) Um, We would just kind of discuss whatever was going on in our lives, especially work stuff, but anything that kind of came up. And we vent about it. And it gave us a great outlet to really kind of let that stress go. Yeah, yeah. I know at work the last couple days, I've been very much leaning on both Sarah and Polly for going, what the fuckness? And not that, you know, just because crap that can happen. And we know that we don't, you know, internalize it. It's just a method of externalizing it and releasing it, which is huge. You got to be able to do that stuff. So I'm very glad you were able to do that for your 24 hours of puking, Asshole cats, seizures, hallucinogenics, um, liver. Just whatever, health. man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Then there's, yeah. Then there's the uh, weird ass freaks like me who can, um, you know, I don't, I don't need to have something build up. I can just one day sit there and go, oh, fuck. I feel overwhelmed and exhausted. And I just want to crawl into bed and not come out. Um, and when those things happen, I'm usually relying on Jill and Sarah in particular. And of course, Polly, now she's being brought into the fold, hopefully not kicking and screaming. Lucky Polly. I know. Yay. Welcome to my complete meltdown world. Um, but, but then, you know, that's good though, because that kind of speaks in some ways to the difference between a chemical imbalance, like you definitely have that chemical imbalance in your brain. I probably don't think I do. Um, I just deal with it and maybe I'm, maybe I'm delusional, but I just deal with it by, I just do. do. And I got to admit, I, I've observed a lot of people because that's what I do. I observe and I'll look for patterns And you are one of those people who just, you deal. And I admire that. And I also admire people who realize they can't just deal and need to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Because that takes a different type of strength to do. Um, And and that's one thing that helped me with my own self-esteem, realizing I didn't have to be like the people who can just deal. Yeah. I, I can be a person who needs to look for help and it's appropriate and I can model that behavior to my children. So they know if you're good enough to deal, 
that's awesome. Go you. If you can't just deal on your own, you need a prescription or regular therapy or whatever. That's you. Both are totally okay. Yeah, they are. And I won't say that there's times in my life that I don't need help. Obviously, I reach out to people when I do. There are times when I just need to vent. There are times when I need to just kind of let it go, you know? And and the one thing that I try very hard to do is assess. Like, I think very hard sometimes about how does this affect me long-term? Does this piece of what's happening right this moment in this minute, is this going to affect me long term? And if it isn't, then I just don't. It's just, it just can, it can be gone because it seems really important right this minute. But if I really examine this piece of whatever it is and it's not going to blow up in my face in a year, I don't have to. I could just let it go. Now, and that's huge. Knowing when to let things go is another huge thing. Um, I know I had to realize, you know, hearkening back to episode six, when I had my whole kidnapping, good thing you have a big mouth because you talked your way out of, out of all that shit stuff thing happen. Um, uh, that wasn't something I could just let go. Um, but, you know, I grew up a lot, around a lot of stoic farm folk, but one of the biggest things that made an impression on me at that point was when I had my big meltdown two months later, my dad immediately, and my dad was Mr. Stoicism. Mm -hmm. He immediately went and got on the phone and called a therapist and got me into a program for dealing with PTSD. And I'm like, the fact that my dad did that was the best modeling behavior in the universe. Because if Mr. Stoicism could recognize when someone needed help, I must have actually needed it. And it's okay, I can accept it. Yep. And that's huge. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people miss. They they feel as though it's some sort of shortcoming in themselves. And, and again, I go back to the whole, if you need the help, it doesn't have anything, it's no different than diabetes or a heart condition or some other medical condition that you have. If there's something that you need, you get the help for it. It doesn't have to have the stigma just because it has to do with your brain. It's brain chemistry. I had brain surgery. I mean, I did that because there was a medical need, but it doesn't have anything different. It wouldn't have been any different if there was a chemical need. I would have done whatever. I would have done the needful, you know, if there was something I needed to do to make sure that I was going to be okay to continue my life. I would have done that. Yeah. And, and that's very important. I, I know last, uh, what about six, eight months ago, um, because my health generally is so much better because I've lost so much weight. My rheumatologist said, awesome. We can take down some of your medications because you don't need them as much anymore. And I went, yippee. And then I started having more panic attacks uh, so I went to my GP because I work with both a GP and a therapist, but I went to my regular doctor and said, you know, I think, I don't know if I need to try a different form of anti-anxiety medication or I don't know what's going on, but I'm panicking more and there's no good reason for it. And um, we realized that the fibromyalgia medication I was taking also has anti-anxiety properties. 
So she's like, I know you don't need it for the pain, but you still need it for the anxiety. So re-up your medication. But you, you have to have the self-awareness to realize when th- something is out of out kilter. Of yeah. yeah. And going, very good. Yeah. And she, I upped my medication again. I've been fine ever since. Not that I don't get down. I've been down the last few days in particular for no real apparent reason, but I realize it. What do you do if you just have like, not related to depression, not, you know, you're just feeling kind of down. I mean, not, not chemically down. You're just like, meh. Mm. Is there something you do to cheer yourself up? I, I know I've mentioned it before. Crochet, I find very soothing. Um, I will, uh, my husband, I find very soothing. I will just touch him more. And he calms oh, me. That's so good. Isn't that good? He actually got really pissed off the other night because he's like, he fell asleep on my pillow because you were snuggling on me and I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, sorry, but I finally did sleep and I hadn't been able to for a few nights. So <laughs> get over it. <laughs> get over it, Mr. Human Prozac. You're just dealing. <laughs> uh, and when I had to travel a couple, what was it? Ah, I think it was this last week. I had to travel. One night I just started feeling really. Ugh. So I drew a hot bath. Um, I threw some perfume in it because I didn't have anything else I could think of to make it scented. Um, I got a magazine. I got myself a drink. And I just sat and soaked in the tub until I felt like I could sleep. Okay. So I remember one time Nina got very, very upset about something. And um, uh, I'm like, I tell you what. I'll give you one of the most peaceful feelings in the world. Let's throw you in the big tub with some lavender bath salts and I'll give you an ice cream sundae. So you have the hot and you have the cold and it'll make you feel peaceful. And yeah, maybe, hot soaky. I know. She had a good hot soaky and she's like, that did help. Yay. So, but there are little things you can do, even if they're little. I do was them. happy when I introduced Nina to the hot soaky. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. She was too. <laughs> So what kind of um, things do you do? Aside from drink and smoke. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't do that all that much. I I tend to not drink and smoke until the day is done. Mm. And I I don't really smoke all that much either. Um for me, um I just like to sit and veg. Honestly, if I could do nothing, if I can just sit and watch TV or play a video game or used to be read a book, but that's very involved. Like reading a book is a commitment that I don't always have the energy for, for me. Like I haven't had the energy to read a book for a really long time. Oh man. I know. I feel bad about that. Wow. But, um, that's something I want to get back to. It's Mm -hmm. just... There's so much. The last couple of years have been so, so much that I literally, at the end of the day, I don't have the energy to do anything that's a commitment and anything that's going to take concentration or paying attention. I like to just sit and watch something mindless that I don't have to pay attention to, um, that I don't really have to care about. You know, surf the web a little bit while I do it. Maybe look at my iPad. 
Um, if I'm feeling a little bit more um, energetic, I might play my video game. Um, on the weekends, I enjoy going shopping. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. buy stuff, but I like to go look at stuff. Um, I like to go out for a nice dinner or just spend time with Millie and T. I mm -hmm. love spending time with them. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, I just like that. That's what I do. I just, I just kind of shroud myself. It used to be, I had a very public job that I had to be out in public a lot. Mm. And after I didn't have that job anymore, I found myself taking comfort in being sort of wrapped in my home and in my family and in my comfort zone. And I love, I don't, I don't want to say I'm a hermit, but mm. I love not having to leave my house if, if it's not absolutely necessary. Okay. <laughs> I used to have to go to all these networking events and chamber of commerce things and parties and crap like that. And I liked it. It was fun. And I still like to go to things like that sometimes, but if I don't have to go to something like that and I can just stay home and like put on comfortable pants and watch worst cooks in America. Hell yeah. Sign me up for that shit all day long. There you go. And, and I think, I mean, that's an, another important self-awareness type thing because there are some people who thrive their happy places I've had a really hard day I want to go now to and I'm going to pick a place that's in both of our cities I'm going to go have some margaritas and tacos at Fuzzy's Tacos yeah and with my whole harem of people and we're just going to have a great old time I'm going to socialize and that's how they energize and feel better and awesome um, yeah. some people it's crawling into the cave and um, as long as you don't stay in the cave forever, that's okay. Yeah. And I leave the cave sometimes, but I also just really enjoy being just not having requirements. Mm. Fair. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that I can order in from any place in the whole world. Like, oh. <laughs> that's my favorite thing about living here is, like, I can get anything brought to me. <laughs> I can get anything brought to me. I, I could literally not leave my house for months. <gasps> that's awesome. You know, John and the Brit and I both had kind of a um, questionable day yesterday. You see, he had car issues and I had to help him with the car issues. And at the end of the day, we're like, it, it's not as cool in St. Louis as it is in Dallas. But we were still like, I want some fucking ice cream. Coldstone Creamery goes through Grubhub. So we had ice cream yeah. brought to us and it was awesome. Yes, isn't it the best? It's the you best. Cookies. We can get hot cookies brought to us. Oh, shit. Hot cookies. Oh. Like, I really want cookies, but we don't have any. Oh, guess what? They deliver. Noise. Oh, a lady at work was selling stuff at a fundraiser and I got something else for myself. And not that I try to, I try to make a conscious effort not to rely on food every time. But one of the things they were selling in the fundraiser was um, salmonella free cookie dough. You could eat right out of the package without they cooking. They sell that here at our grocery store. It's so, so good. I know. I'm so excited. I can't I love wait it. it's delivered. I love it. Because even when I can't find that, I take my chances because there's something fucking comforting about cookie dough. I fucking eat cookie dough all the time. I know. It's and awesome. I'm really into chips and dip right now. Mm. I'm very into gin. 
but we <laughs> I know. You like gin, it's gross. Oh, man. I try to be somewhat selective about the gin, but I digress. Um, but but no, you're I'm, not, because you just drink gin, and it's yucky. I can't stand Bombay or Tanqueray, though. Yeah, I know. See that face, that face. Oh, <laughs> if you could have seen that face, it was the face. It's not, the, it's not yummy. It's sucking on pine needles. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's pretty much all gin to me. Except McQueen and the Violet Fog. Mm, there's that. Um, but now I think it, it, it is very important to make sure, I mean, whether there's a lot going on and you're overwhelmed or whether you just know you're the type of person who it cycles sometimes. Yep. Get help. You know, there's we, no shame. We've actually started, um, we've started participating in a, a card group. Like somebody posted on that, you know, the neighborhood app. They start. They posted like, "Hey, would anybody be interested in playing this particular card game?" And it's a game we used to play when we all lived in Michigan. And I'm like, "That would be so fun!" And so T answered, and so they play cards every once in a while. And we're like, "Yeah, we'll totally go to that." So we've started doing that, and we go out on Thursdays. Not every Thursday, it's every few Thursdays. I don't know. We haven't played in a few weeks, but wow. yeah, it's cool. Please and tell me there's a pitch. Nope, it's called euchre. Uh, it's like, kind of like pitch. Like Bob Euchre? No. Damn. So it's not catching pop flies with the tuba? No. Okay. But, um, <laughs> you're a weirdo. I know! <laughs> it's, a, it's a really fun game. It's a game we played up north. And, um, it's cool because all the people who play are from, like, the area we came from. So we all can all talk about what it was like in Michigan and did you like this? Did you drink burners and you know, that kind of thing. So that's cool. The other thing is, um, what's the other thing? Oh, one of the people I met there, let me know that there is a women's group in our town. And I'm like, that would be kind of fun to go to. So I'm considering going to that and joining that. And that's like a lunch thing. So, it might be something I could do and be involved with that you could be like very peripheral. Like they said, you don't have to be like super involved. It's not like junior league or anything where you have to like go raise money and do all this stuff. You can just like go to whatever things you want to go to. They have like a cocktail. They have like a happy hour club and a wine tasting club and a food club and where they go out to dinner and they have one where they do gardening and all these different versions of it so there's like the larger group and then there's all these sort of like splinter things that you can join and i'm like that sounds kind of fun so you would have like this automatic group of like four or five people that you meet that have the same interests that you have like that would be kind of cool because it's like we talked about it's hard to make friends when you're over 40 yeah yeah that's very cool yeah I know something cool that my office has done is it's opened a Starbucks within the building. Well, that sucks because yum. I know. But on the upside, every time, like if Sarah and I get uh, either of us finds that the other one is getting wound up or if either of us feels wound up, we're like, we'll go to each other's offices. Let's go get some fucking Starbucks. And we go down and for some reason, by the time we're back to our offices after the, the vent session and getting the coffee and coming back, we're like, okay, this day is good now. Sometimes yeah, all it takes it is make a difference. just a little bit of step away. 10 minutes with a friend and it's yep. better. 
That's what Rexy and I used to do with our yelling sessions. Ten awesome. minutes a day. I mean, yeah. and we were still sitting at our desks, but it was nice. Yeah, it's nice to just peel away for a second and you can get your perspective back and hit it again. I try really hard to at least get away at lunch. Like T and I'll go up and even if we go through a drive through or something, we, we almost never have lunch. Like I would go as far as to say we don't have lunch delivered. We actually will either go someplace and get it and bring it back like watch some TV or something while we eat, or we will go someplace and actually eat there. <laughs> that's like, wow, look at us eating someplace that's not home. Y'all are too fancy for me. Just to get out of the house. And when I first started working from home, T was working in an office and he and Millie would get home. He'd get home from work. Millie got home from school and they were just like, Oh, I just want to stay home. And I had just started working from home and I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of this house. So all of a sudden, Millie has just started being home from school all the time. Mm. T and I are now used to this. So we don't care. But Millie's like, I want to get the fuck out of this house. (laughs) So every night she's like, can we go out to dinner? We're like, no, we want to stay home. We just got done with work. I just want to be here and relax. She's like, I've got to get out of here. So we're trying really hard to kind of help with that and, you know, help her transition and, and still feel okay. Then of course, part of the reason we're not going out is because when she has seizures and stuff, she doesn't really want to wear her helmet when she goes out. (laughs) Even though her helmet's kind of badass because it's like neon yellow and it's got a skull on the back. It's the Punisher. So, you know, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, Millie's a badass. That's perfect. She's a total badass. Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those things that we all have to kind of get used to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And I I just have to mention Millie. (laughs) Millie Millie cracks me the fuck up. And I think she needs her own YouTube channel, much like uh, Sweet Anita has. Because she does. Sweet Anita's YouTube channel is funny. And, um... Tourette's teen is really funny if you haven't watched her the cooking with Tourette's is one of my favorite things that she does (laughs) it's really funny yeah yeah there's uh, I mean good people bring it awareness and humor and just helping normalize things which I think is very huge well and again that's one of those things that when you have a chemical imbalance you have things like that happen and you take the medication and hopefully it will help so Mm. You know, I think that kind of gets us back to our topic. Um, I feel like that kind of brings us full circle and and maybe we can wrap up. What do you think? I think so. I think we did. I mean, we talked about you. You know what your limits are. Try to be self-aware. Know when to ask help. Know what kind of help you need at certain times. Sometimes, like I said, it's as simple as touching loved one's shoulder and letting the soothe hit you. Sometimes it's I'm going to get to a doctor now and get some medication. Yeah, absolutely. And if you feel like you need help figuring out what to do, 
when you're down and if if it's more serious than two just drunken podcasters can help <laughs> with, especially <laughs> since we're non-professional, there are resources. The suicide prevention hotline is 800-273-8255. There's a treatment referral helpline, 877-726-4727. And there's even a text line. Just text 741741 and they'll help you out. Yeah, and there are literally apps for that that will connect you with some short-term therapists to help you um, kind of get over some humps and, you know, always be willing to check with like your priest, your minister, whatever, um, consult a therapist. I can't recommend therapy enough from a per personal perspective. Get a psychiatrist if you need medication or a general practitioner. They will also help you with your medication. Yep. And a lot of workplaces have employee assistance programs. I know way back when I was married to DB, they were instrumental in hooking me up with one of the best therapists I've ever had. Yeah, they'll um, hook you up with several, like eight or 10 or 12 even free sessions that cost you zero dollars. Yeah. So, so definitely look into that. Utilize those resources. There is a ton of help out there and lots of folks willing to give that help. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And please, please do seek help if you feel like you need it. And and if you feel like you are okay, then just you do you. But thank you for listening to us every week. Website's alwaysneverwrite.com. You can see the topics for each episode along with what we're drinking. There's also links to the Facebook page, our Instagram, our Twitter, all that on the Contact Us page. And if you haven't already subscribed, you know, please consider doing so and suggest it to your friends. And if you have time to leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, we would be very grateful. Yeah, yeah. And this has been another typically irreverent take on a sort of shitty deep topic for an episode of Always. Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I'm Gina. And thank you so much once again for making this a part of your week. And we'll talk to you more next week, my dolls. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes.